welcome to the Catholic Youth Podcast, a podcast that will encourage and inspire you in engaging with young people in Catholic youth ministry. I'm Juliana. In today's episode, we're back with part two of our conversation with Jean-Marie Nguyen and Julie Nguyen about burnout and resilience. If you haven't listened to part one yet, I recommend you stop it right now and head back and listen to part one of our conversation. It's filled with plenty of stories, examples, laughs and more. So now you're up to speed, let's jump back into our conversation with Jean and Julian about burnout and resilience. So in saying that, in dealing with it, I want to have a chat to you guys a little bit about practicing resilience and in in the sense that practicing resilience can help us in either managing or preventing or putting off burnout. You've identified already some of the top tips that um, practitioners recommend for this. Now, I just want to preface this to the listeners. We're not mental health experts. Mm. We can't provide direct advice about that. So if that you do have like more questions and things, I encourage you to have a look at Beyond Blue or Black Dog websites or to visit your GP about seeing a psychologist. We're just a bunch of youth minister people who have been around the block a few times and have, have some tips and stories to share. But please do um, seek out sort of professional advice advice if this is really you know prompting you to Hmm. all right so the top tip number one is to have an honest look at where you're at that sort of self-awareness which you noticed before that um gene you were saying about you know i'm noticing these sort of symptoms i'm feeling Hmm. could it be this could you talk to me a little bit about that how do you guys take that honest look to to assess where are you at how can people do that when i get to a moment where i'm feeling a bit flat I always think about what I ask my young people to do. Mm. So um, on school retreats, a lot of the time, um, I encourage them to actually pause and actually to write down how they're feeling. So to actually just write down just some keywords um, and where they hope to be. And it's not necessarily in five years time, but just you know in the next week, the next month. And whenever I get them to do that, I always reflect on what it is that I'm doing and if I'm putting mm. that into practice. So I, um, I've tried really hard and I'm actually been pretty good at it so far that um, at least a few times a term, um, and if the term is a bit more in, in my place in a school, so I'm talking term-based, yes. um, if it's a busier term, um, I actually post every event. I'll actually um, sit down, whether it's my, just myself, um, if I'm on my own, or I actually sit down with other colleagues and I actually say, Um, so how's everyone feeling? And I actually use that as a bit of an opportunity for myself to check in with me, Um, but also to hear how others are feeling because sometimes they'll say something and I'm like, oh, I I actually resonate with that. Like Mm. I actually feel you, like I'm feeling a bit tired or yeah, I'm I'm feeling the same and I'm feeling really happy and glad how that event went. So um, I love to sit down and unpack how I'm feeling with others whether that's in a passing conversation or actually a formal sit-down review. Um, and in those review processes, I guess, I then um, look at what strategies I can implement moving forward as well. Yeah. And um, I actually learned a lot of those strategies when I was actually working at Koya. Oh, so, okay. yeah, yeah. <laughs> when I was working um, here at Koya, Peter Bira was our coordinator. Um, and I know Peter um, really encouraged us to to sit down and actually to discuss as a team some of the things or how did we feel. Um, And I really loved that the language was how do you feel Um, because it wasn't how did it go. It was how do you feel about it. And um, it allowed for us to be really authentic in our reviews 
around how we felt um, and I think that naturally led into other things you know maybe some struggles or challenges we faced as well and that certainly helped us to build um, trust and in that a resilient uh, resilience as a team as well yeah. and normalize having those conversations like it's great yeah you're like you said practicing it your, yourself um, but sometimes we feed off of other people's energy or, or need that little prompt. So I like mm. that idea of normalizing having those yeah. conversations. I think you're mm. touching on like the debrief and, you know, from my social work background, quite often that's how you sort of got through like the tough times as well. Mm. You debrief mm. with a colleague and by talking it out, I think sometimes it's almost like self-therapy mm. yeah, definitely. <laughs> in a way, like, you know, your thoughts are on your mind, but as soon as you speak it out, sometimes it comes out with a bit more clarity. Mm. So, you know, working, taking stock and going, well, what about me? Like that can happen through talking yeah. and talking it out with somebody, whether it be, you know, a colleague or a friend or it doesn't have to even be in the same field. Like they don't have to be a youth minister. They can just be, you know, someone that you trust yeah, and someone that will listen to you. Yeah, mm. absolutely. And that ties in perfectly with the next um, tip is to talk to someone. Oh. Right. I love how that goes hand in hand. You have that self-awareness, you notice, hey, I'm feeling these symptoms. Something's not right. Okay. To help process this more, let's reach out to someone safe. So you've typed on maybe like colleagues and things. Hmm. Do you have any other advice about how you, A, find someone safe to talk to or B, how do you even broach those conversations if it's coming from you? For me, if I don't have a colleague around me immediately that I need or Again, it just depends how I'm feeling, but um, I certainly will flick a message to someone else outside of my support network. So um, I've got my inner at work and then I've got my family, but then um, I've mentioned it before, but Peter Beer is another, I guess, mentor in my life that I'll turn to and just say, hey, um, I'd love to catch up for a coffee. And he, he's, you know, always responsive and um, I guess when you're the person on the other end of that text message, you usually know something's going yes. on. Yeah. Mm. Um, and I've certainly been on the other end of those messages before where I've just gotten a message out of the blue where someone's gone, is it all right if we touch base real quickly about something? Um, and in the last few years, I've had youth ministers that have touched base with me purely through someone else introducing them, like, you know, word of mouth. And we've reached out and it's just actually just nice to have a conversation with someone else working in your field and listening to what they have to say not necessarily providing advice but just listening yeah. I think is really important mm. um, but yeah I, I guess it's it is one of those things where I, I certainly having worked in this space for a few years I don't really talk about it with people who don't work in this space because I feel like youth ministry is a different language yes mm, <laughs> so i'm yeah. like yeah. so like let's say if i go home and i talk to mom and i'm like hey mom this thing's really on, you know bothering me it's on my mind she's like i have no idea what you're talking about yeah. yeah so um but in saying that she's she's happy to stand there and listen to me but she can't necessarily provide any strategies or advice yeah um but if i if i'm thinking about wanting to gain some strategies or advice and i certainly will look into people i think yeah, they'll, they'll be able to provide me with some strategies. Sure. Um, so, yeah, I think it's just, I guess, normalising the conversation and not having to make it so formal, but just going, yeah. hey, I just need to chat something through, like an idea. Yeah. Um, and I usually approach it with, I just have an idea I need to chat through with someone. And then in, 
chatting, sometimes my feelings will come up or something else that's been bothering me might come up. But I usually approach it with, hey, I've just got something I need to chat through with you. If you've got a sec, be nice if we touch base. And that's what I love that because it can feel a bit daunting to be like, oh, things are are bad and I'm experienced, I'm not sleeping and things like that. You know, you don't want to sort of vomit or dump on someone You and it can be something quite vulnerable. So to say something like, oh, I just like the chat or Julian knows, Mm. I'm like, oh, you I'm going to vent. So I'm like, can you, can you listen to my TED talk? I have a TED talk about all my ideas and things and feelings. And, you know, you might feel heavy and it might feel negative, but to, mm. to make it, oh, this is, you know, honestly looking at it, this is where I'm at. Help, help me sort of um, hash through it. Yeah. yeah. I, I really struggle sometimes with that conversation though. And I don't know, I don't know what it is. It might just be my, my personality, but reaching out and going, hey, um, I've got something like to ask or something to say, you know, it's really tough for me. Yes. Yeah. So sometimes I don't even say it in that way, but I think I've got a few people in my life mm-hmm. that I, I just go to and I just have a conversation. And then in that, like it just comes out somewhere. Yeah. Like yeah. the conversation just flows and it's, it's not like I'm shopping around for like an opinion or anything, <laughs> but I think because I like to hear it from different people yeah, and, and, yeah. and, and the people in my life, because of like what they do uh, in their lives, like they, they pick up on, on different yes. things. Yeah. So if I, if I speak to a youth minister, Jean, then yeah, that language is really different and they pick up on that youth ministry side of things. But if I speak to like a former social work colleague or, yeah. or a friend, they sometimes pick up on the feelings or like, you know, or something different that I, someone else hasn't. So mm-hmm. I sort of go around to a few different people and <laughs> hope in the conversation that something comes out and, and that I can do the same for them. Absolutely. And starting that as something natural. And I like that about having a network of a few different people. You know, you don't always have to necessarily go to the same one. It doesn't necessarily have to be someone formal. It can be like a friend or a family Mm. member. But there are avenues available if you're thinking of something formal. Of course, like chat to your GP about maybe a mental health plan to speak to a psychologist, as well as something that will reach later in in the podcast series is spiritual direction. So Mm. actually having um, someone Mm. appointed that you can who are trained that you can chat about um, what's happening in your spiritual life. Um, And that's certainly something I've experienced before and have found it really good. So, you know, watch out for in a few episodes time to hear more about spiritual direction. Mm. Yeah. So another step that we can sort of look at is our faith. So leaning into what we believe in and what we find strength in. And maybe that could be, you know, practicing self-awareness, meditation, prayer, other sort of spiritual practices that help us lean into where we find our strength. Have you guys got any practices that, that you like to engage in? Well, for me, I love being outdoors. It's probably where I feel most connected to my faith. Um, and for me, if, I, if I'm feeling a bit burnt out or I'm not having a great day or even sometimes when I'm in the middle of running a retreat, like yeah. in the morning, Um, As much as I hate getting up early in the morning, I have, my colleagues have usually dragged me out of bed on retreat in the morning to to go for a walk. And it's actually the best way to start the day because I'm just feeling a bit more energetic um, and I've just been able to reconnect with nature around me. Um, And there's something about being in nature for me that it's almost like it's, it's, there's no words um, that need to be spoken. It's just yeah. being mm. walking out in nature for five, 10 minutes, getting a bit of sunshine, rain, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, all of a sudden, I, when I come back in, I've noticed that when I'm going to deliver a workshop or speak to a young person, um, my mood is completely different. Yeah. 
Um, so for me, I'm yeah, it, it's being out in nature that I feel I feel most connected to. Yeah, and having that self awareness of what what fits in with you. Mm. Yeah, no, I think we're siblings on that front. <laughs> <laughs> you can blame your parents. Yeah. In terms of uh, like being in that prayerful state, yeah. but not but not sitting down, mm. not having to go to a church yeah. to be in that you know, prayerful state. Mm. I, I quite often go for a bike ride, uh, a long bike ride. And in that, I'm not listening to any music necessarily. I'm just in my own thoughts and, you know, reflecting and thinking thinking yeah. it through. Mm. Um, so that's how I sort of do it all, all through exercise. You know, yeah. like I find it refreshing and, you know, it clears the mind. Yeah. Mm. So we're pretty similar in that, yeah, on yeah. that front. Yeah, definitely. And um, I mean, another one that if I'm thinking about what's been most um, helpful recently is um, car rides in and out of work. Yeah. Um, I love putting on some <laughs> J bangers. So yeah. some like <laughs> some good old, um, you know, like, oh, I don't know how else I would describe it. But some some soulful music yeah. is really helpful. Um, I am a musician at, at heart. So I love singing along or just listening. There's something about it. And um Sometimes I go into autopilot and I don't even know what I've listened to, but it's just having that soulful music in the background mm. helps me to also kind of um, de-stress from the day or just feel a bit more connected as well to, to something else. Um, so, yeah, I think um, music is certainly something that hits my soul. Um, and when I sing, I feel there's almost like this like endorphin release yeah. that yeah. happens. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It sounds like you guys are, are really in tune with that. And have already sort of touched on a few points. Another uh, practice of resilience is having self-care, which on the face of it, I can kind of go, oh my goodness, what is that? Like, is that just a lot of bubble baths? I don't actually have a bath <laughs> in, in my home. So how am I going to practice this? But it's that those tapping into those things that make us feel truly us, right? And and to remember that although we're, we're serving, God has given ourselves to care for and God can act through us. So it's important that we care for ourselves so then we can go out and mm. support others. Mm. How do you guys identify things that you practice for self-care? Well, I think it's, 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 it's sort of like what I touched on before. So it's like identifying how you could top up you know, your tank, you know, yeah. your spiritual sort of tank. I, I think I've spoken to you, Juliana, a little bit about this, but, you know, being being in our, our sort of roles, I find it really refreshing just to go back to the roots mm -hmm. of why I love doing what I do. And it, it, it might be a challenge. So this this is not like, uh, I, I know there's a challenge around this, but just going to um, to youth group and not having to run something, yeah. not having to carry any responsibility for that yeah. day because we all started out somewhere, right? What Where's the love for what we do? Like yeah. trace that back. I, I, I love to be with young people. So let's just go to that. And when I go and hang out with like the 10 year olds at my local church and just do goofy activities, like that is the best. Yeah. I see, I see like, you know, the love and everything in my interactions with them. Mm -hmm. And it just makes me like, it's like a little reminder about why I got into what I'm doing now in the first place. I love that. I didn't get into it to carry all these responsibilities, but we all naturally move into that at mm -hmm. some point. Um, so yeah, just stripping it back to the, the roots and yeah. going out, having a bit of fun. Oh, that's so great. Yeah. yeah, oh, absolutely. And I couldn't agree more with you, Jules. And um, as you were speaking, I was thinking of this video that I saw. I can't, can't remember exactly what the purpose of the video was. I think it was some motivational, inspirational video. 
But it was this teacher who had a bucket and he filled it with all these rocks and golf balls and he talked about all the gaps in between. And I certainly feel like um, my journey has been like that. Like the students, um, the people I've encountered are like the rocks that fill the bucket. But there's gaps in the bucket, right? So it's not fully full. There's still room in the bucket. So I guess that's where the sand comes in in this video. And it's certainly my family and my own deep roots of faith that fill those extra gaps Mm. so that the rocks are nice and secure because I certainly know that without my upbringing um, and all the experiences I've had prior to today that the way I encounter young people wouldn't be the same. When I think about you know, how am I, who, who I am today in terms of resilience and being able to actually recognise burnout is because of all the experiences I've had. Mm. Um, so, yeah, like you certainly have to look at everything as um, growth. Yes. Um, yep. And an opportunity to grow even more. Yeah. Mm. It all fits that bucket, it all, all fits part of that puzzle. And having those sand bits, those strong bits of, you know, maintaining relationships, like the practical things of trying to get good sleep and exercise and and eat well, it all sort of comes together. Mm. And I loved what you said, Julian, that for me as well, when I'm feeling a bit, yeah, like burnt out, not engaged, Mm -hmm. going back to whatever I find inspirational, finding, you know, absorbing inspirational materials is so important because it's so easy sometimes just to be like, okay, put something on Netflix or do something else and zone out you know, mm. detach from it Yeah. instead of leaning in and being like, okay, there's, you know, I might not be feeling it now, but there's, there's joy and there's inspiration and there's good things. Like there was one particular time of my life after a ministry had ended and I was kind of in this limbo space of working out what was next. I had a lot of time, but I was so burnt out. It was a really intense period. And I, I knew that I couldn't just leave, let the day go just watching Netflix and things. I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll go read and do something. And I don't know why. The only book I had on me was, which is it's a very Catholic example as well, it just works perfectly, um, was The Diaries of St. Therese de Lisieux. I have no idea why. I think someone had given it to me. And yeah. I was like, okay, there's this book, it's the one I've got at the moment, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try. Um, but in the state I was where I was at, her, her writings and insights and life experience I just found so insightful and inspiring that that started to spark things with me again. So, yeah, just another encouragement to go back to your why, you know, mm. be mm. with the people that, that give you that spark or read something or absorb something or be in nature where you can go back to the why and the inspiration. I find that always helps. Yeah. yeah. So those are the sort of more formal points of building resilience. Do you have any other points that you guys like to practice that help help you well for me certainly in all the events and activities that I run in building resilience is being open and the willingness to accept feedback yeah Um, and I think that um, feedback is actually not easy to receive but when we're open and willing to hear it um, it certainly does wonders and I think that um, I mentioned it um, in our conversation before but um, when you actually listen to that feedback um, and you've taken that time you're actually also being present in that conversation you're having and hopefully you learn something but in acknowledging that that time and the effort that person's gone to actually give you the feedback is really important as well Um, yeah so feedback is a big one because um, it only makes you a stronger and better youth minister as well yeah and I think that ties in perfectly of how we can better look after each other in terms of burnout like 
especially like you might not be you listener might not be um experiencing burnout at the moment but there might be someone in your circle mm. so actually um they might you know not be coming forward so to to approach someone and check in and say hey how are you going um and and giving that sort of feedback and input i think can really help change the conversation and um help us look after each other better so Julian and Jean, thank you so much for coming on and chatting with me today. There was so many good points and things that I want to go and, and reflect on. And I hope, I know it's going to be a very inspiring and insightful conversation for people to engage with. But before I let you go, I've just got one more question. Hmm. If you could give one piece of encouragement or advice to a young Julian or a young Jean starting out in their youth ministry journey about how to deal with burnout, what would that be? Jean, you want to take this one first? Sure. Um, I think that my piece of advice to my younger self or to anyone um, who is wanting, I guess, a tip in youth ministry um, would be to be kind and forgiving, compassionate to yourself. I think that a lot of the time we are our um, biggest critic, and I certainly am mine. And I think that um, when we practice forgiveness, it's so much easier to be compassionate and forgiving to others. But we actually need to do that ourselves um, to be a bit more compassionate. So if you know if you're feeling a bit tired, to actually take your foot off the pedal for a little bit, um, so that you can then go be compassionate to someone else. So I would definitely say to be. Forgiving and compassionate to yourself, first and foremost. That's so good. How about yeah. you, Julian? Um, I, I would say to not go into it thinking you're going to change the world today. Like, it, it can take a long time. Like, mm. youth ministry takes a long time to grow. Um, people take a long time to, you know, go through formation, all that sort of stuff. It, it's not going to happen today so there's no rush in any of this take your time enjoy the the journey but don't have expectations that you're gonna you're just gonna change the world um you never know what what will happen like you know i think we've run retreats in the past and you know you bounce out of it going oh i don't know if that's if that was any good to anybody but then you hear five years ten years down the track and someone says oh i really enjoyed what we did in that small five minute window of that retreat one year and that's your doing. Yeah. And you didn't know that at the time, but, you know, years later, you found out, hey, it had an impact on somebody. That, that It had an impact on their faith and their faith journey. So, yeah, don't go into it thinking you're going to change the world today, I think is my, my uh, what I'd say to my younger me and that there's plenty of time for you to do that or to grow yourself in youth ministry. Trust that process. Trust the process. I like Correct. It so much. Well, thanks so much, guys, for, for coming on today and hope to catch you again soon. Thank you, Juliana. Thanks, Juliana. Thank you for listening to the Catholic Youth Podcast. Make sure to connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at Cath Youth Adelaide to stay up to date with all the latest information, resources and events. Until next time, see you. See you.